Hey guys, welcome to the Speak Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Winley. I'm here with a friend of mine since childhood. His name is Daniel Brown. Daniel has traveled the world from Thailand to Guatemala and a lot of places in between. So he's here to tell us a few stories about what it was like traveling the world. He's got some nuggets he'll drop on us. Uh, Daniels, anything you would like to tell us before we really get started? No, man, I don't think so. Uh, just thanks for having me on. Um, I'm ready when you are. Awesome. So do you remember your first trip? I do. Um, my actual first real international trip was uh, 2008. I was actually in grad school um, at Clemson, at Clemson, and um, I went down to Mexico uh, as a part of a Christian organization, RUF, Reform University Fellowship, right um, in Clemson, and we went down over our spring break, and I uh, went down to an orphanage and just hung out with some kids down there and helped them uh, do some construction work. Um, so that was kind of my first experience really out of the country besides like a little family trip where we did a border run into mm -hmm. uh, Canada once, but that was literally a day trip into Canada and came back. So where, but, um, was there a big group of you that went from that group of RUF? 10, 15, 20? Yeah. Yeah. About, I think about 22 of us yeah. went down. That's pretty so it was cool. a really cool experience. Um, like legit bunk beds and <laughs> all that for your housing. Uh, we stayed on site, so we stayed at the orphanage with the kids. Uh, we did some construction there, and then funny enough, so we got there on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, we, because of we're such a large group, we we're able to take the kids to the beach on Sunday after church. Oh, nice! And on on that Sunday, I'm like chasing one of the kids. He trips and falls, trips me up, Ooh. and I end up breaking my hand. While you're in Mexico? Day, yeah, while I'm in Mexico <laughs> on like the first day I'm there. So that was fun. So you stayed wrapped up but, pretty much the whole time you were there? Yeah, I like ended up just finding some tape, wrapped my fingers. And um, so I thought it was just a jam finger. I got back to the States and I broke a bone like inside of my hand. Um, so yeah, just wrapped my fingers together and so how did you get hooked up with RUF, first of all? Because you're in grad school, right? Tell us a little bit about yeah. what RUF is and then uh, how you got hooked up with that group or that organization. Uh, RUF is, stands for Reformed University Fellowship. Right. It's a uh, ministry out of the Presbyterian Church. Mm -hmm. I believe PCA, to be specific. But I got hooked up with them through actually my college roommate in he was a buddy of mine in high school. And so like our freshman year, a lot of these organizations will throw like get to know you type events. Right. Um, usually at the first week, every uh, semester or every uh, fall semester, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we went to a couple and my roommate was actually Presbyterian and he knew about it. So we went there and they were like kind of a small gathering, um, not as large as some of the other groups. and. Just some of the people we met there were just so welcoming and uh, invited us in, and we kind of like almost made friends instantly. So had that for my freshman year because I went to Clemson my freshman year. So from there through grad school. So you went to RUF as a grad student too, and is the same organization as you did through undergrad. Yeah. So you were yeah. part of this organization for a good amount of time then. Yeah, about 
seven years, I guess. Nice. For so, undergrad and grad school. So once you got hooked up with RUF, what was the purpose behind going to Mexico? Was it for construction? Were you guys building churches, houses? What was that about? So it was the work with this uh, orphanage down there mm-hmm. that was, um, and the construction was more on site. Okay. Um, you know, they didn't have a lot of resources necessarily. So the way they would have construction work done or help done would be through groups that come in. Gotcha. And so the groups that would come in would help them with these different projects around their campus. So you guys stayed on the orphanage campus? Yep. So you did construction so, by day and then played with the kids by night? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. What kind of games did you guys play? Did you play anything that you that was new to you? Did you pick up any new skills? I picked up some sick soccer skills. Sorry, football skills. <laughs> um, no, we uh, we played uh, football a little bit, or uh, soccer. Yeah. Um, but it was crazy because we're doing construction, and like on their play area was kind of, was concrete, mm-hmm. and off to the side was where we were doing our construction that had like the rubble, gotcha. the rocks, the sand, Oof. the it had nails, um, all this stuff, and so every right now and then to the their ball, play area. Oh yeah, so every now and then the ball would go over, and then a lot of kids were barefoot; they just walk over, go and get pick it, pick stuff, and pick up the ball. Yeah, yeah, and then right back. I mean, to legit, the like. Sometimes some of us Americans were playing barefoot. Gotcha. And they'd be like, no, 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 we'll go get it. Just because so. y'all's, your feet weren't going to be as strong as theirs, I'm guessing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. All right. So from Mexico, how long were you in Mexico? You said a week? Yeah, right around a week. And did you, do you remember any of the kids or any of the people from Mexico when you went? I guess for yeah, 12 years I remember, now. I remember uh, a couple of the kids, but... It was such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the names fade. Gotcha. But I have a lot, lots of pictures. Nice. So, okay, so Mexico was your first trip, and then was there a second trip? No, not back to Mexico. That was my last semester of school. So. Okay. So working with that organization um, was kind of finished after that, huh? Right, right. All right, so what was the next trip you were able to take? Because I know you've been to Thailand. You've been to Guatemala. Did you work in Guatemala on an orphanage also? Uh, when I went to Guatemala, so that was kind of my, as far as like just traveling, yeah. that was my third trip, I guess. Gotcha. Um, I had actually gone to, uh, Spain one, one time before and, um, I went to another trip to Europe and hit like Denmark, uh, Prague and, uh, Germany. And those are just for fun? That trip. Yeah, those are just for fun, though. So do you remember some of the differences that you recognized when you were going to those countries versus at home? Uh, at that time, probably not it was as very, much. Um, not as much. A lot of it was the, the dress. Gotcha. As far as like the European style, I guess, mm-hmm. if Fair you will. Fair um, Americans stand out. Once you're there. So that's a, yeah, that's the huge thing, like when you're traveling, like people know you're American. Like they can tell by what you're wearing. Gotcha. And so any other trips after that, after the European trip? No, after that I ended up going to, so my first trip to Mexico was 2008. Gotcha. Or my trip to Mexico. And then Guatemala was 2010. Mm-hmm. And so Oh, so this is all over were, a span of three years. So Mexico, that European tour, 
and then um, the the trip to Guatemala. Yeah, and okay. I actually had a trip to Costa Rica in there as well. The same in two thousand eight. Nice. As a kind of like sort of a graduation gift, but to myself, I guess. <laughs> right. But it was just me and two that. buddies. Cool. And that was the me Costa Rica trip. Like, yeah. Cool deal. No itinerary, just freestyle it. Those are sometimes it's kind of the fun. best trips when you don't have to worry about where you have to be at any particular time and what's next. Yep. Good deal. So where'd you guys exactly. go when you were in Costa Rica? So in Costa Rica, we uh, <laughs> we got in, like we booked this hotel. Like the only thing we booked was our first couple nights yeah. at this hotel resort type place um, that we saw online. And we thought it was like, you know, a couple miles from the airport. <laughs> I'm guessing that didn't Turns, work out right. No, not at all. Turns <laughs> out it was like two hours from the airport. And we flew into Costa Rica. We got in at like two in the morning. And so they were like, yeah, there's no way you're getting there tonight. So we ended up getting a taxi from the airport, getting in this, uh, this shady taxi. But the only legit reason it's two in the I morning. felt somewhat okay, yeah. yeah, we paid the people at the airport, so it's not like we gave the taxi driver money directly. Right. But he, he takes a phone call while we, we're in the car with him and starts speaking Spanish. <laughs> and mind you, I'm the only one that really knows Spanish in our group, Yeah. and I don't know it that well. And um, so... He starts, to, we're like, can you take us somewhere to get like a hostel, a bed for the night? Uh, here's the place we need to go to tomorrow at least. And he's like, yeah, we'll take you to the bus stop, take you nearby. So he took us to this like little bed and breakfast type place. Mm -hmm. It actually worked out really well, but it was like a sketchy ride to this place. Yeah. Because he's driving and we're like, he's on the phone. We're like, all right, is he going to rob us? <laughs> What's he doing? At two in the morning. Oh, that's at two in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Brand new to this but, place. You don't know anybody. Don't have a place yep. to sleep. They get you a, a random taxi still at 2 in the morning. Nothing really good happens at 2 in the morning. You're driving through this, uh, this uncharted territory by you. So you're like, I don't even know what's going on. And hopefully you end up in this nice place. Yeah, so we, we stay in this little bed and breakfast. It just like rent out rooms, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, he points out where the bus stop is for us to go the next day. And still, you know, we had our luggage. So we yeah. ended up getting a taxi to go legit to the around the corner. Because we'd never <laughs> been there. Right. We could have we walked, but we had no idea. Good stuff. Um, and the bus stop was like old school coach buses. Yeah. And they just cram everyone on there. As it many people as they packed. can get in. Like, people like. Luckily, this was like the first stop, mm -hmm. so we had seats. But throughout the journey, they pick up more and more people. Yeah, and um, like there are people just standing up in the aisle. You're just like, uh, what do we do? Mm -hmm. But and then those legit scenes you see in movies and stuff of going around these like crazy curves and yeah. mountains. You look out. There's a drop off. You're like, okay. <laughs> This is how we go. So it's got to be crazy but, being your first time in Costa Rica. On this yeah. random bus trip, after you had a crazy taxi drive, 
and now you're headed to this town that's two hours away. Yep. So the trip just, ended up okay though. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, pretty much just close your eyes, go to sleep, say a little prayer, and <laughs> <laughs> hope you're good you're there. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. That's cool. I mean, we're uh, we end up traveling by bus, and the crazy part was like me and my two buddies, we kind of all fall asleep, and we happen to wake up, or two of us woke up, and we see the name of our um, hotel that we're staying in alongside the road. Mm-hmm. We're driving past it. I mean, the, the whole time our bus driver was like, yeah, 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 I'll stop. I got you guys. So we ended up having to pull the emergency stop so that oh, like, he'll let us off. Yeah. So it like just flashes a light or something for and you to stop. he hits the brakes, yeah. So he hits the brakes, lets us off on the side of the road. Oh, you guys had to walk back to the hotel with your luggage. We had to walk back with our <laughs> luggage, so about a quarter to half a mile. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if we never would have seen that, we... You would have just been in the middle where. of nowhere. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. We would have gone to the next whatever stop. How long were we all in Costa Rica? We were there for probably about... Oh, it's been so long. Uh, right around a week. I no, think, not or too just bad either. a little over a week. Yep. And so you you went to Mexico, Costa Rica, that trip through through Europe, and yep. what was after then that? Spain. Then Spain. Yep. And then after Spain, what all what all did you do? I remember a trip uh, you Spain. went to. I'm going to kind of skip around because I remember a trip you and Frank went to Thailand. Um, yeah, how long yeah. were you in Thailand? Uh. We're there for, or I was there for, I went for like maybe about a week the first time. Yeah. And then I went back and stayed for about a month. Nice. So what did you do the so, first week and why did you want to go back for another month worth of travel? So that trip that you're kind of talking about started off with uh, my buddy Frank and I just kind of deciding, all right. We're both single. We didn't. We didn't own anything at the time, really. Like no house. Yeah. Uh, no. No true car payments or anything like that. So we kind of both decided, like, oh, it's a great time to travel. And my buddy's Filipino, and so he wanted to go back to the Philippines and see some family. Cool. And hang out there for a while. Like he's Filipino, but was more or raised in the states for most of his life. Right. So he was kind of quitting his job and doing that. I was like, yeah, if you want to come over. So he completely quit we, his job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> convince, convince me to do it too. You quit your job for so, that uh, trip too? Yeah. Gotcha. I remember taking on the airport, but I do not remember the part about quitting jobs. <laughs> that, that's pretty awesome, actually. Just, we're done. We're going to go to Thailand. Yeah. If, if it works, so it works. It, we kind of talked about it for a couple years prior, like, um, like Frank went to Spain with me in that trip. And yeah. then from there, like we had trips to Guatemala and, and he also went to Costa Rica with me actually. So from there we had these little vacations that we were going international. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, all right, how can we go somewhere for an extended period? And he was like, and he was telling me that he was thinking of going back to the Philippines. And so when that came about, we started thinking, all right, let Let's put together some money, start saving, be intentional how we're saving our money, right. things like that. And so 
from the Philippines trip, we decided to go to other places, China, uh, while you were in the Philippines, Thailand. Yeah. So Philippines was kind of just our, our meeting point home base. He was already there months before I got there. Gotcha. Um, so I met him in the Philippines. We spent some time there, China, Hong Kong, Vietnam. And then we went to Thailand for about a week. Um, and then because of the way this whole thing was working out, our final destination was kind of Brazil in 2014. Mm-hmm. So this whole trip started in 2013, uh, August, I believe. Um, but I ended up coming back home for Christmas of 2013. And so we had talked about going to Brazil in February mm-hmm. of 2014. So uh, some things happened where we hadn't bought any tickets. It wasn't working out right away. So I was just like, well, I quit my job and we still wanted to go to Brazil, but we didn't end up going until May, I think, mm-hmm. or June. And so I was like, we still have all this time. I got to do something. And he was like, do you want to come back out to Thailand and the Philippines? And we can do some Muay Thai training. Oh, that's pretty dope. So because when we went out there for a week, we we both enjoyed it, had a really good time. And I was like, yes, let's do some Muay Thai training. All right, so before we get into the Muay Thai training, because that's going to get into a whole other topic, let's talk about some of your martial arts and then tie back into that Muay Thai stuff. It's not like you're going out there and just randomly hopping into the ring with these Muay Thai guys. It was right, <laughs> right. a little bit of background in martial arts. So let's talk about that, and then we'll go back into the Muay Thai stuff. All right, so tell us a little bit. So, you have Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. Gotcha. Pretty streets. The streets. You know. The streets. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Both mean of us. streets. The mean streets of the suburbs. Yep. I mean, they That's get me. to you sometimes, you know. It's back in the day. You had to be ready. So, my buddy Frank, the one that's Filipino, that mm-hmm. was in the Philippines, um, he was actually, I got into Taekwondo at Clemson. Right. And Frank was the Taekwondo, head Taekwondo instructor at Clemson. Um so Is that it, how y'all they initially had a, met? Yeah, oh, they had a sweet. Taekwondo club yep. that I happened to stumble upon. And um, I've always been interested in martial arts. Yeah. And uh, ended up taking classes uh, every semester. Ended up uh, eventually getting my black belt in 2006, I believe. Gotcha. So you're black belt my, a couple my, years prior to going to Thailand at this point in yeah. time. All right. Yep. Um, and so kind of Frank and I just uh, had this great relationship after uh, just being buddies for such a long time. And he was such a high level black belt training with him. And we traveled doing all these collegiate tournaments. Right. uh, When we were both in college, he was a couple years older than me, but um, he ended up leaving, going to work, like I said before, and then wanting to go back to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And so, so, but there's a little bit of difference in Taekwondo and Muay Thai, right? Yeah, there is. Um, so Taekwondo is really big on you generating your powers from your hip. So is Muay Thai. Yep. But um, I would say that Taekwondo, you're going to get more of a full hip rotation. Gotcha. Um, whereas Muay Thai is a little bit more half rotation. 
Um, Quick, powerful movement patterns. Yeah. Gotcha. A little bit more shin. Mm-hmm. You got some. You, they throw a lot of knees, elbows. And so two, they do a lot of punching. Two different areas of origin, um, too. Yep. Two different yeah. cultures. Gotcha. So it was kind of tough because I've had all these years of Taekwondo and the way my hips move to right. start doing these Muay Thai kicks. Um, <laughs> there are lots of times they were like, no, no, do it again. <laughs> so you went in there with some preconceived notions. It's hard coming from one style to another, I imagine, trying yeah. to figure out how, okay, this technique is slightly different when you're going into this particular style of martial arts as opposed to where you were in Taekwondo. Yeah, and then they also like, I mean, we're in Thailand training at um, this place called Phuket Top Team. Mm-hmm. And it's legit down the street from another training gym called Tiger, uh, what is it? Tiger? I can't even remember. (laughs) But they're like huge gyms where people come in and like it's a business, uh, like Muay Thai tourism, if you will. Right, right. So outsiders will come in from other areas and just come and train for a short period of time before they go back home. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, or some people go and train uh, to be a pro. Gotcha. Some people are there training uh, to do professional uh, Muay Thai fights. Yeah. Oh, wow. Or even like um, like the Asian MMA leagues. Mm-hmm. Like you'd see people that were part of their these gyms that would train there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I would say if you're, if you're interested in training, mm-hmm. this gym also had a uh, jiu-jitsu school. If you're interested in training, oh. It's fantastic. I was probably in the best shape of my life then. For that whole month that you got down there, huh? Putting in yeah. some work. I mean, and then the, the food yeah. nearby, it's all delicious. Cool. Um, you know, it's living. we're living like a crazy lifestyle of not crazy as far as like party hard and or anything like that, but crazy as far as. Kind of living the dream that you wanted to live. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't super expensive. Um, we rented like a moped <laughs> for week for weeks at a time. Right, like, and we'd take the moped, just go drive to the beach, drive to the grocery store on the moped. <laughs> like, because we were a little bit cheap, we only rented one moped. <laughs> <laughs> so there would be times where we both were on it. Oh, that's funny. Luckily. Frank would drive on those days because he had a motorcycle and he yeah. was used to it. But uh, like he'd be driving, I'm holding the groceries. <laughs> Just like, let's go. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And so you guys are there for in Thailand for about a month doing some training. Did you actually get in the ring with anybody? No, just a just lot of practice. training. Yeah. What like, was the like difference yeah, in? I, what was the difference in the training styles for you? Like other than some of the technical aspects. What did you find that was different in the way they trained versus what you were used to? Um, I would say they train pretty hard as far as, um, I mean, I've done some really hard training as well. How about some contact but, versus touch sparring? Any, any difference there? Yeah, that, that would be the big difference, I think, gotcha. because they're doing more hand mm-hmm. uh, work they would not pull punches, especially to the face. Oh. Or not especially, but where you I would felt pull my punches. Well, you felt they should have pulled punches. They did not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
my jaw like clicked for about a week Ooh. because they just like tag you in the face where like I'd still punch people in the face, but it's like you could definitely tell I pulled it. Yeah. You know? It's like they would definitely just <laughs> You're like, oh crap, come on. I mean, nothing crazy with that, but mm-hmm. At the same time, you're just like, all right, you just punch me in the face. Come on, man. Like, that, Relax a little bit. That's you not want, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that took I some mean, getting but used to. With my Taekwondo background, too, they're, the way they fight, there are things from Taekwondo that I, I was accustomed to doing that they weren't used to. Like yeah. the, some of the footwork or some of the kicks. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. it's like you punch me in the face. Oh, let me just throw this kick. And I tag him that way or something, you know? Right. Right. So in this time period, um, from, I guess, from Philippines to Thailand, you came back home and just hung out or any other thing after that? You went, you did end up going to Brazil, right? Yeah, we did. Um, we ended up going to Brazil in 2014, like uh, end of May, early June. We went right before the World Cup started. Yeah. Like legit. We got there a few days before, but the plan that there was to train jujitsu and mm-hmm. be there for the World Cup. But you didn't. So, did you yeah. stick around for the World Cup? Were you able to watch a few games while you were down there? Yeah, yeah. So we got there right when it started. So that's pretty cool. We we went to uh, the first day of the World Cup where Brazil played whoever the host city plays the mm-hmm. first night. They're the only game. Yeah. We go out to Copacabana and. They're playing. That's in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, and um, that's where the first game is as well. And this massive new stadium they built, and um, we're out on the beach at this fan fest that's just wall to wall people. I mean, it was fantastic. That's pretty cool. But we ended up staying while we're in Brazil. We ended up staying at this hostel that was for people to come down and do jujitsu. Yeah. So we all went out there like as a whole house mm-hmm. so it was really cool like it was like our first especially with me and frank just getting there like two or three days prior it was right. like our first outing bonding with all all the dudes or whatever in the house how long do you stay down there oh that was the trip of the lifetime right there. That was, <laughs> stayed stayed down there six months you were in brazil for six months yeah that's crazy and you trained jujitsu while you were down there right so Training during the World Cup was weird. Maybe I only get one training session in. Sometimes maybe two. Um, but other than that, a lot of the other days were tried to train about twice a day. Yeah. Um, when the body allowed. Um, <laughs> was that a big shock? A lot, of, a lot of gripping. Yeah. Was that a shock to your so, body initially getting started trying to do the the two days with jujitsu? Uh, not so much because I had. When we were back in Thailand, yeah, there were days that we would work out two or three times a day there. Gotcha. So it was pretty um, much kind of you were pretty, I guess, say acclimated to that intensity once you got there. Yeah, um, it was just getting your butt kicked for me at least mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah, um, I went down as a new blue belt. Like I legit got my blue belt the day before we left. Yeah. For those yeah. who may not know, tell us what the stages are and what you have to do to kind of get your your next belt. So it's white, blue, purple, brown, mm-hmm. then your black belt. 
Gotcha. Um, so it's pretty much, I mean, class attendance, uh, you usually have to test for it or compete. It's showing proficiency. Um, and a lot of it too is just your instructor's uh, discretion. Gotcha, cool. It's up to them. Um, so they had wanted to give me my blue belt before I left for uh, the Philippines the first time. Right. But it just kind of, I was uh, in a quick hurry up mode and right, right. never really had time. So they ended up like, all right, I was back for the holidays for Christmas. I was home for a few months or whatever. And they're mm -hmm. like, all right, before you go to Brazil, let's get this blue belt on you. All right. And one sense, I'm, I'm glad I did yep, yep. because they kind of like down there, they, um, if you're a white belt, I might not have been able to do certain classes or yeah. something. It's very selective but, at that point, I'm guessing. But at the same time, I felt like a white belt because I'd just gotten it and I'm mm -hmm. getting beat up by everybody. Right. Did they have any expectations of you being a blue belt while you were down there? No, no, none at all. Okay, cool Which is deal. great. It's no pressure. Yeah. Good. And the cool thing there was like we're hopping from gym to gym. Trying so. to learn different places. Did you find yeah. a favorite spot that you like to train while you were down there, considering that you hopped a couple of gyms? Well, we trained at this one place um, when we were at the house, the, the hostel. We stayed there for three months. Um, we trained at this place that was legit right around the corner. Yeah. Because no one had cars. So either you're getting on a bus or you're walking mm -hmm. for a while, like maybe 15, 20 minutes to go train. Oh, yeah where there was this one place right around the corner, so we'd go train there. Right. So, go ahead and tap your screen real quick. Yeah. Sorry, my battery's going. That's all right, we'll get you going here in a second. So, were you able to get any promotions while you were down in Brazil? No, um, because I wasn't, I wasn't actually a student of like a regular student of any of these guys. Gotcha. Um, I didn't get promoted by anyone, but I did see a couple foreigners yeah. that were living in Brazil that did get promoted. But since they're not my teacher, it's more like you get to train here, yep. but we don't, we won't, we won't do any promotions. So when you got back, did you notice anything different between your training down in Brazil? I guess going from Thailand quick stint back home and then down in Brazil, was there a difference in your training from going from uh, both Thailand and Brazil and then coming back home to train again? Yeah, um, I would say my sort of attitude, not necessarily anything that I noticed specifically, uh, but more my attitude, my demeanor on the mats, it was more relaxed, more gotcha. calm. Like jujitsu is very close, a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in Brazil, the, that first place that we were training, it's a lot of a lot of bigger guys. Okay. The gym was called the gym was called Gordos. <laughs> I know what that means. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it was like, I mean, and those guys were like huge. So it kind of helped me read of refine some some of the things I was doing and learning how to not stress under the pressure of gotcha. like a bigger person. Mm -hmm. Uh, some techniques that work with bigger people, like using my legs more to keep them away, things like that. Right. And then when they are on top, how to find that space to uh, to be comfortable where it's not like 
they're crushing my soul. Right. And you're not panicking while you're under that pressure. Yeah. But as far as like just skill level, I wouldn't say I necessarily got like, I wasn't killing people when I came back, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, A lot of that too is because I'm a smaller guy. Yeah. Um, So lots of times as a white blue belt, unless you're just really amazing. And I had like, even me, I had a full-time job when I first started. So I didn't have all this time on the mat. So a lot of my time in jujitsu is defense. Ah, okay. So now that I'm a higher belt, actually now I'm a brown belt now. Gotcha. Now I feel like, Oh, okay. I do know how to be more offensive Offensive. and, and keep the position. Gotcha. You can attack from a defensive position if necessary. Is that what I'm gathering? Right. Okay. Yeah. And I know how to yeah, I know how to get out of those bad spots a little bit better now. Encounter and read, a couple things. Read people. Yep. Cool. Nice. Um, good stuff. Well, we're gonna kinda end there and maybe hopefully we'll get you back again for some other uh, conversation on some <laughs> martial arts training as a whole. Because I'd be more interested yeah. in hearing uh, what it's like to train for both Brazil uh, for jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, and then a little bit more of some of the principles you picked up while you were training Muay Thai while you were over in Thailand. But I appreciate yeah. the time you you gave us and the conversation you gave us about all your travels, man. Thanks for, for coming out and, and let me talk to you. No problem, man. Thank you. Cool deal. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to email or message me. You can find me on Instagram at j underscore Winley if you want. And then we'll have Daniel's contact information tagged in the comments. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you guys for listening to Speak Strength.